0: I was just honored to be asked to do this with pastor traveling and Jade wasn't able to make it, but they planned this a few weeks ago. I was supposed to preach then, but I know that God's timing is always right. And it worked out that I would be able to speak tonight. And I'm just excited about the time that we're in and the season that we're entering. And I think it's an important season. I'm just glad to be a part of it. in any way that I can, I know that there's some nerves tonight coming up here. I always speak fast when I'm at my house. I'm going to speak probably really fast now that I'm up here, but that's okay. And I know that when I was beginning to get those fear and beginning to get that nerve trying to get on me before I came up here, I've just felt in my spirit that I'm more afraid of disobeying the voice of God than to not stand before you tonight. So no matter what kind of fear I might have had or what kind of nerves, I know this is for the Lord. And I'm not going to place any expectations. I'm not going to say I'm going to preach for 30 minutes. It might be five. It might be an hour. I'm probably not going to be an hour. Don't worry. But I'm just saying, I'm just not going to put an expectation on it. I just want the Lord's will in this house tonight. So before I begin to minister, I just want to pray just one more time. If you'll bow your heads with me, just to pray that the Lord will have his way tonight. God, we just come before you just asking that whatever your will is, God, that it will be accomplished. Lord, just use me as a vessel for your glory. Let them not see me, but Lord, let them hear you through me. God, I just ask that you will give us a sensitivity to your spirit. God, Lord, just lead us and guide us. in whatever avenue this may look like, I just ask for you to give us an open mind, God, to what's about to happen. And I thank you for what will come because I am believing that you will meet us here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I begin to think of what to share on tonight, and this was a few weeks ago. And I begin to think over my experiences, and the Lord has truly been taking me on a journey over the last few years, especially the last few months and weeks and just revealed some things to me and i felt impressed to share something it's a story that I experienced back in high school but I felt like this was the time that the Lord had called me to finally speak that forth that it was a word for this season and I began to just think of that moment that what I'm going to share on tonight is how many times that I felt like I might have not belonged when I was in high school and I wanted to have friends and I still felt very isolated. I was in sports, I was on all the teams. I thought I had friends, but I was looking for approval from peers and I just felt very alone for a lot of that season. And I began to see revelations and I wish I would have realized then that maybe could have helped me some more, but I feel like I wasn't ready to accept it then. I wasn't ready to receive it then. And the Lord's showing me things now that what he was working in me back then. And I just feel called to just begin to give voice to some of those things tonight. And I think that it's important as I'm beginning to say that, that sometimes we ask God for things. And in that season of my life, I was asking God for things. And I was saying, I'm not getting an answer. I don't see it but it wasn't because he wasn't speaking to me because my heart wasn't ready to receive it. I wasn't ready to hear what he was trying to say to me. And I think that we've gotten to that place before. Maybe we weren't prepared for what he was trying to bring us into and we thought that he was being silent, but that he was giving us answers and we just weren't ready to accept it for he's always working. And that reminded me of a fact in John 13, seven, just one verse here, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And at that time, I didn't see all the ways that God was working his path for his, my good, but I began to realize now these revelations, what the Lord was truly doing, and I'm now excited to share what the Lord has been doing in me and what I see him doing in the future. Now, I wasn't ready to hear it because I wasn't ready to accept it then. But never lose sight of the fact that even when we don't see it, he's working. That song Waymaker, even when we don't feel it, he's working and he's moving. And I believe he's moving now in this house and he's been moving over the last several weeks. I felt a stirring in my spirit And when I've been speaking with others. Others are feeling that as well. And I began to just remember to not confuse silence for nothing happening or waiting for a season to just be calm. I feel like we might've been in that season for a while where I was saying, God, where are you? Why am I not hearing from you? And I realized he was speaking to me all along. And I began to think of a feeling of walking into lunch and I would get anxious about the table I was about to sit at. Now, it wasn't that I didn't have a lunch table. I know it's kind of like assigned seating, but it's not assigned. You know where you're gonna sit. You know who you're gonna sit with. You have your certain chair and it happens every day at the same place. So I would walk into that lunchroom and I would feel anxiousness and I didn't understand why because I knew I had a spot. It wasn't that I didn't have a table to sit at. Well, I began to realize that I wasn't always a part of the conversation. I couldn't add to it because something in my spirit wasn't connecting with what was going on at that table. And if you ever are feeling loneliness or you feel isolated, even in a room of people, that's because there's a disconnect in your spirits. So you have to examine what is different about me. I can clearly see now what's different is that I was only one at that table that had faith. So I can identify it now, but sometimes we're in rooms of people we don't understand why we don't feel like we don't fit, and then God showed me that's why. Now, I didn't have ill intent sitting at that table. I wasn't doing anything at that table. It was just lunch. We were just eating our food between classes. Nothing really happened at that table that I would say was not from God, but it was a desire that I had. The Lord didn't ordain for me to sit at that table. It wasn't edifying me. It wasn't drawing me to Him. It was not building me or encouraging my faith. And I have now realized that I felt loneliness because I had a desire to sit at a table that Jesus would have flipped over. And that hit me so hard. How many times do we go to places and we sit there just out of obligation, but it's a room that God's saying, I didn't ordain for you to be in. It's a seat that he didn't pick for me and that he would have been displeased with that table. But I begin to think about how the Lord has truly prepared a prepared place for us according to his word. And if you ever question your circle, it does matter. The table you're sitting at, it does matter. The people around you, they do matter. And that's not just at literal lunch tables, it's at the circles of your life. And I felt just like speaking about the circles that we find ourselves in today, and we have to choose our tables or our circles so carefully. We have to hold ourselves to a standard when selecting what are you feeding your soul. And what was that table feeding my soul? If we're not careful, we're sitting in a place that's not feeding us anything spiritually. And that literal table is just a representation. I hope you can understand that parallel I'm trying to make tonight. It's not just about a lunch table, but it's about who you're surrounding yourself with. And what are you feeding your spirit with? And the things that you're participating in, and not even what you're doing, but what's your environment? Because that matters too. Not that you're participating in something, but that it's going on around you. I begin to think of examples like TV shows or TV series, and you would watch them, and people in them might live lives of stress and worry, and soon enough, you're going to start living a life of stress and worry because you just watch a show that they're all stressed and worried, and now you're stressed out. It clicks onto you. The same applies to your friendships if they're offering you an experience closer to God or if they're not. If it's not for the glory of God, then it's not for you, and we're not supposed to be attached to it because we're supposed to be about the father's business and if it's not kingdom business if it's not drawing you closer to the kingdom then it's something we shouldn't be concerned with and I said a quote in Sunday school and Lincoln raised up his hands and he said Show me what you're feeding yourself, and I'll tell you what's going to come out. What you put in is what's going to affect your body. And Lincoln said, Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And it's the same concept, and it ties into what I'm talking about tonight. It's that the seasons that we're in, the places we set ourselves, it sets us up for a lifetime. So, what is that presenting to you? Is it presenting opportunities for anxiety and worry and loneliness to set in, or is it allowing you to reap off the fruits of the spirit? And that's what the Lord began to tell me tonight. And I had this revelation that what you begin to tolerate, You will eventually begin to justify, and then soon enough, it's going to attach itself to you. So what you at first just say, well, it's okay. They were just doing it. I'll tolerate it. I don't like it, but I'll tolerate it. Then you begin to justify, well, they don't know. And then sooner or later enough, you become so comfortable, it becomes a familiar spirit, you don't even feel bad that it's in the room with you anymore. And it's so quick to go through that cycle. And we know that if we give the enemy an inch, he's going to try to take a mile. It might be the smallest things of just tolerating it, but how quickly will that try to attach itself to you? And I heard the Lord saying, a familiar spirit can become a fatal spirit in a second. What we begin to tolerate will impact us. What we associate with will attach itself to us. And if we're fighting a struggle, we have to ask ourselves, what is the root of this? Where is this coming from? Why is it trying to attach itself to me? And the Lord just began to say a few things to me. And he began to say, comfort is a scary place for the church to be. And a lot of people say the American church is very comfortable right now. People are say that maybe they're sleeping in the pews. It's contentment is a dangerous word for a Christian. And complacency is not the place to be. And satisfaction allows for distractions. And familiarity becomes fatality because association becomes attachment. The Lord began to tell me all of these plays on words of what it means when you're associated with it and how quickly it can destroy you. And hear me, I thank God for growing pains. It might be uncomfortable, it might be different, but I'm thankful that He is stretching because those pains mean that you're on the potter's wheel and that He's still molding you. When you feel those pains, when you feel like you have to step out but it's a little uncomfortable, that should be a sign of strength because He is trying to tell you, I'm still molding you, I'm still growing you. And I'm thankful for that. And you know, if we step out and we're not used to it, it's change, but it's a new season and it's time for change. I feel like the spirit's realm has been changing. I've been experiencing things differently and that's gonna require us to shift our lives as well because if we're going to go with the vision of God that God has for this church and his church in general it may be different it may require new things may require to live a little bit differently to re-examine ourselves because that's where we're going and at this moment if you're okay with just coming in and coming out the same way well I'm not okay with it anymore And I'm not okay with simple formalities with no substance. I'm not okay with going through motions. I'm not okay with showing up out of obligation. I'm not okay with just sitting on a pew and staying silent. I'm not okay with being comfortable anymore. Now, it might be uncomfortable to be uncomfortable, but that's what we are supposed to be. And I'm not okay with sitting at a table surrounded by people that aren't willing to be uncomfortable with me. It's an uncomfortable place we're going to, but we have to accept that and we have to mold with that. And it's what the Lord's saying. It's time to get up, to stand up, to move up from a place at a table that's full of silence and fear and idleness and comfort, because that's when the enemy creeps in, is in that moment of idleness. And it's about time to leave a table that's depriving your spirits. He's saying the tables that you're sitting at is depriving your spirits. You wonder why you feel like you're dying. It's because you're eating old, stale manna. That's what I heard the Lord saying about the church, that we're trying to live off of this word or this experience that we used to have. And it's stale manna, and it's not providing for us anymore. But it's time to move from a place at a table that we're not ordained to be at and into what God has for us. Because he is drawing us to a secret place, to a special place. It's time to move. And I begin to ask, Where's the hunger? Where's the desire? God, draw me. I've been feeling a drawing in my spirit. And that drawing of the spirit is calling us to move from a table that has nothing to offer, a table that was not giving me any substance, but to a spot that the Lord has ordained for us. And I know that whatever the Lord takes away, He will replace it with something so much greater. So we shouldn't be afraid of losing something. And that brings me to my reading tonight in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you want to flip there and you can start standing for the word, I I think I give them that scripture tonight. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one through 12. And this portion of scripture I'm about to read is broke up into three little chunks. I'm gonna analyze it with you. So I'm just gonna read it. Then we're gonna sit and kind of go through it. But this is what it says, starting in verse one. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you were crossing to the Jordan, possesses that so that you, your children and their children after them, may fear the Lord your God so long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy your long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that if you may go with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse four, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads write them on the doorframes of your homes and on your gates when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers to Abraham Isaac and Jacob to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And you can be seated tonight, but that was just a portion of Scripture, and I felt the Lord would chunk that to me in three different parts. I want to kind of break it down as we go. So verses 1 through 3, I believe, is one section of that. And if I can make a summary for it, I would say that what that verse has said is, these are things that I'm telling you so that you can cross over the River Jordan to the Promised Land. For generations, you will experience increase. You will walk in the promises that God has given your ancestors and now you. But you must obey the commands to do this. So that's what the Lord was saying in those first three verses. And I feel like what he is saying to us tonight is if you would heed the word If you would apply the words that are coming forth from this house, if you trust him to lead us across the river, then he is taking us to a promised place of milk and honey flows. This is about operating in the spirit. It's about being sensitive to what the Lord is drawing you to. It's not overriding what God deposits to you, but it's truly being aligned with his will and heeding to his commandments. And that's how they crossed River Jordan. And I get that it may be hard and that crossing the River Jordan probably seemed like a very big thing for them. Leaving what they had known was a hard journey. They may not have seen it as possible, but they had a leader who was willing to follow the Spirit. And I feel like we have to be so in tune with the leading of the Spirit in this time because it's gonna be so important for us that it's time to stop looking at our situations or our circumstances as impossible because we serve a God that makes the way. And I begin to think about not letting the atmosphere dictate your praise and your prayer, but letting your praise and your prayer be the deciding component on how your situation plays out. So many times we give credit to the enemy. We say, well, this is so big. This is so big. But we forget that our God is greater. And that's what the people of Israel realized in that past when they're about to cross over the Jordan. It probably looked like a big thing. The banks were overflowing, but God made a way for them. And I believe that that's what he's trying to do tonight is he's trying to make us a way? Well, you may ask, what are those commands? How do I follow that spirit? How do I get to that promised land? That's what he said to us in verse 4 through 9. The commands He gave to them were, love the Lord with all your heart, continually teach your children His love and His commands, apply this to your house, and be led by the Spirit. Those are the commands that they got in that portion of Scripture. Now, tonight, the command that I feel in my spirit is to examine the tables that we're sitting at and to move from a place of comfort into a place across the river. And that place leads to a promised land. It's to be sensitive to the drawing of the Spirit and that He will take us to new places. You may think, well, I don't know where it's drawing me. I don't know what it looks like. But I'm going to remind you of what I said earlier from John 13 and 7, that He has a plan even when you don't see it. Even if you don't know yet what that plan looks like, begin to walk in it by faith and that he will use us as a mouthpiece in this time. And then the last part of that scripture was verses 10 through 11. I'm gonna read that part again. And it just says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build. Listen to this part. houses filled with all kinds of goods things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. So if you notice what the people of Israel were about to walk into was things that they didn't work for. It was things that was promised to their ancestors from before. And I begin to think about that and that this is a place that he's willing to take his church today. And if we choose to leave the table and the poor conditions that it's at and the comfort, it's a place that he's leading us. It's back when he was leading Israel to a place that he promised our ancestors. And he told them it was a reward for the generations before them. And I began to think about that, about what are we about to step into in this ministry. And the Lord was saying to me, due to the efforts of saints before us, we can have this journey today. And I'm thankful for a heritage that has set us up to walk in the promises of God today. And I sat there and I said, well, we wouldn't have PTC Ministries on 44 if it wasn't for Pentecostal Tabernacle Church on Columbia Avenue and a little white building. But because they're preparing a way then, we can walk in promise now. It's not even that we've worked for it or that we've earned it, but it's because they were laboring, and people have continued to labor over time, and now we get to reap the benefits of it. It's not even stuff that we sowed, but stuff that was sowed years and years ago. And I heard the Lord reminding me, don't forget your roots. Get up from a table and go back to your roots. And I said, Lord, what is that root? And He said, don't forget their sacrifice. You're reaping their sacrifice. And I said, God, well, how does that work? And He said, don't think that the blessings that you're about to walk in is because of your doings, but it's because of a man that I got to call great-grandpa and because of men that walked along with him and have continued to push today that we can experience the glory in this hour. And I sat there and I said, well, if it was good enough to sustain my mother from the time that she was a child to this moment when she still works in ministry today, if it was good enough for my father who came to this church as a visitor and had an experience that has kept him and changed the course of his life, if it was good enough for my grandma who continues to vote her life to the Lord no matter what has tried to come against her, if it was good enough for my great-grandparents that founded this house that worked for the kingdom for their entire lives and allowed them to pave a way, then I'll tell you right now, it's good enough for me. And I'm going back to my roots, and I'm going to a well of old. So I'm going to get up from a current table, and I'm going to start drawing from an old well. So I'm going to choose to get up from a table and make a journey, not just for myself, but as a representation of them and their works and their sacrifices, because that's what we're about to reap. And yes, it's for me, but more so for the generations ahead. And I refuse to accept anything less than that and anything less than this generation rising up and saying I don't want to sit at a table of complacency any longer. I don't want to just sit on a pew any longer I don't want to just sit and come any longer. I want more. I want more I want my spirits crying out. I want more I need more not just because I want it but because that's what's gonna take to sustain us in this time and They worked so hard and they've sowed so much and they were persecuted and they still chose to stand So that's why I can't give up today. It's for generations gone by, and our actions today are going to perfect durations to come. It's not just about this moment, but what has led us here, and what will it lead us to in the future? I mean, it's time to realize that this spirit is yesterday, today, and forever, and we must go back to it because we've tried to leave it and go to a table and think we can make it on our own. And We wonder why, why is it not working? Why do we not feel like we're getting it? Because we tried to abandon the spirit of old with this new, but he's saying this new thing is actually an old thing. This new place we're traveling, it's actually not new at all. But when we leave the table, we're walking to a place that is tried, a place that is true, a place that has worked for men and women for many years and will continue to keep them for years to come. It's a path that requires holiness. It's a narrow path. It's a narrow walk. But it has been keeping generations because it has the drawing power and because it's still fresh and it's still living. And how is it that it's still drawing? How is it that we're still under that provision of old? Well, it's because it's a leading path spirit that is drawing us even now. And this water is living and everlasting. This is a place filled of restoration and of promises. And we get to this place by following the spirit, by picking up that old spirit and walking with it and going to wells of old. And it's evident by the fruit in your life, the fruit that your life bears in what place you reside. It's evident if you're sitting at the table or if you're walking the path of old to the well. It's evident which one you're living by what's going on around you. And this is because the water, known as the Holy Spirit, changes everything. And on Sunday night, Pastor mentioned that in his preaching. And he began to talk about how they would baptize that. And it made an immediate change. And I began to think of that, and I'm not going to go into all of that because I know he said a lot of it on Sunday night, but I will just say that what he was speaking was a perfect foundation for what I feel like I'm needing to say here tonight, and it's that what we need in the middle of our mess, in the middle of this world, in the middle of this table, is the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the sustaining water coming back to the church. That's what we need moving forward. What the church need is the power and the reviving. Why is that so important? Because singing is just a talent until the Holy Spirit shows up, and then it can be a battle cry for you because speaking is just giving a speech or listening to a TED talk until the Holy Spirit is in it and then it's preaching that changes lives and captivates people because coming together is just a meeting but when you put the Holy Ghost with it it becomes a church service where lives are changed and transformed. We are nothing without the Spirit. Struggles seem so big but when the Spirit shows up things start to change. Sickness and diseases are a call on your life until the Spirit shows up and miracles happen. Situations are called impossible until the Spirit shows up and the God of Possible gets on the scene there is no peace there is no joy there is no rest but when the spirit shows up and we decide to leave a table that's when things begin to change if you want to see change if you want to see more go by the spirit be drawn by the spirit whatever you need at the mention of a name at the mention of the spirit that's when your experience becomes different as soon as he steps on the scene that's when reversals begin to happen Lex, if you want to come start playing, I'm going to start to get to the end here, but when His Spirit comes, there is an immediate reversal to whatever situation that you can find yourself in. Whatever diagnosis, whatever problem, whatever thing it is that was trying to attach itself, whatever was presented to you at that table, His Spirit, drawing to the water, that's what will make the difference. And the condition of the world and even some houses of worship today are similar to my old lunch table. It was a place where you don't feel like you fit. It was just a place of comfort. I just went there because I knew I had a spot not that I was really being ordained by God to sit there but well, what happens is that leads to spiritual death, It leads to a disconnect, it leads to sinning and eating old manna, it leads to just sitting there and being dried up in your spirit because you're not drawing from the well. But if you choose to get up from whatever circumstances it is, if you choose to go find the well of old, if you find the spirit, as soon as it gets on the scene, it will draw you to so much more, more than we have worked for, more than we deserve, more because it's a freshness. There is a fresh water. It's a fresh drawing. It's a fresh move of the Lord. And we must decide to walk in it. And that's applicable to every single person in this room. If you've never been saved before and you say, I'm just sitting at a table and I haven't ever been to that water, I've never experienced the well, well, then he's saying, draw nigh to me and this will change you forever. If you are a Christian, you say, well, I've just been sitting at a table. Some things have been trying to tempt me. Some things have been trying to attach itself to me. There are some things in the atmospheres, in the environment. If you come to the well, he'll refresh you. It will sustain you. It will keep you. It will refill you. Say, I've been in church for years and years, but we can't keep living off of moves of yesterdays he has a new move for you today a freshness today and i begin to just think of how a dip in the water doesn't satisfy i don't want to just go to the water come to church and then go back home and leave the river I don't want to just go to the well and draw out just what I need to get through my circumstance and then feel like I'm struggling a few days later what we need to do is we need to go to the water and step in it and walk in it and live in it and go deeper in it and deeper in it there are depths to this thing that he is calling us to and it's not time to just come to the water but it's time to wade in the water it's time to jump in the water to rejoice in the water that water is what sustains you that water is what will keep you that water is what will change you and that water is the Holy Ghost that water is finding that old path and deciding that I will stand on the old path. I will go find a well. Is it hard to pull that bucket up? Absolutely it is. And the more water that's in your bucket, the harder it is. So if you feel like you're struggling and you said, I've been pulling, I've been pulling, know that a great wave of water is on the way. What you're working for, what you're struggling for, it's on the way. And I saw the Lord taking us to that place, drawing us to that well, taking us to past the old. Why are you feeling resistance? Because you're almost at the top. You've almost got it over there. You've had it for so long, you feel like you've been fighting with it and fighting with it and fighting with it. But what happens is when we keep the push just a little bit longer, if you'll hold on just a little bit longer, if you'll remove that fruit from your life that's not pertaining to it, what he will do is he will pour his water out. I said, Lord, pour your water out in this place, God. Lord, not just a sip will do, not just a taste will do. I want to live in it. I want to abide in it. I want to walk in it day in and day out. That's how we reach the loss, and then we're continuously living in the river. That's what changes our physical appearance is when we have been touched by the water and it changes you forever. This is not just an experience for a moment to keep you for a season. This is an experience that will keep you for the rest of your life if you walk in this water, if you find yourself on the old path. I know it's uncomfortable going through transitions, but he is leading us from glory to glory to glory. That's a lot of transitions, but he's trying to take us deeper and deeper and deeper. And wherever you find yourself at, I don't think we can ever fully get to the depths of what he has for us. There's no one in this house that can say, I've arrived. We will never really get there. There's always more because he is a good God. He will keep revealing things to us. I was revealed with this entire message off of something I went through three years ago, but God called it forth to me now to tell you now the water is there. We're almost there. We've been pulling. And if we stay on the path of old, that his water will refresh us. His water will keep us. It will change us. And I am thankful for that water tonight. Amen. If you could stand with me across this house. I just thank him for that water, for the ways of old, for the things that my grandfathers have done, that my great-grandparents have done, that my parents have done, that now I can reap the blessings. What a good God is that? He says, you're gonna walk in what Abraham and what Isaac and Jacob were promised. Not that even he promised to me, but rewards from old. Now, if there's a word that you're holding on to from years past, he's saying your blessings are coming still today. This is from years ago. You just keep on holding on. You keep on pulling that water. You keep drawing to the river and he will meet you there. And I believe that he will, because I know he never takes away without giving more. He never leads you into something that you can't carry. He'll never place something in front of you that will take you out. He is a good God. He is a sustaining God, and he's a God of the water. Amen. How many is thankful that we serve a God of the water, right? A God that can keep us, a God that can transform us, a God that will change every situation that we encounter, a God that is merciful beyond what we deserve. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to make a quick altar call that if you feel, and I feel like this is, like I said, for everyone in this house, no matter if you been saved for your whole entire life or if you've never been saved that the water is calling you if you feel like the Lord has more for you if you feel that there is depths that you haven't yet walked into and I believe that's for everyone here I want you to begin to just come to these altars as we begin to like these ministers and song and we begin to say thank you God for your water Lord reveal things to me let me walk into the depths that you have for me because I think that's the place that he's coming tonight so if you feel that impressed on your spirit I ask you to come I will come pray with you and if not we're just going to pray corporately but I'm just thankful for the water amen Pastor Jade here. I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and we'll see you again soon. We love you. So does God.